What is up, everybody? Welcome to Geek Scott Game. We're back for our August rendition of G3, our all-video game podcast here at the Geekiverse. I'm Josiah Leroy. With me today, Mr. Pavlok and Drop It himself, Jeffrey Pavlok, my good friend. How are you, Jeff? Good, dude. You? Good, good, good. Awesome. So before we get into video games, we should talk about, really quick, because it's going to be a while until we talk about it, the Buffalo Sabres. So we got Jeff Skinner. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Hell of a deal. (laughs) Jason Botterill is doing a wonderful job as GM of the Buffalo Sabres. I like that deal. I like that deal a lot. We gave up a second, a third, a sixth. The third and the sixth are in 2020, I believe. I believe that's correct. Yeah. And um, Cliff Pooh, who's a promising prospect. But you gave up no one with any NHL experience to get a top-line left winger who scored three times 30 goals. And six out of eight seasons, 20 goals, and uh, has some pretty wicked advanced possession stats. I think I told you when I first saw the when I first learned the news, I saw it on my Instagram feed, and I saw the picture of Jeff Skinner, and I didn't know what to make of it when I first saw it because I see the blue and gold. I'm like, what the heck is this? <laughs> and then I read the caption, and I just remember my jaw dropping because that was the last acquisition i ever expected to see especially this time of year like if that would have happened i would have thought you know beginning of july you know at the trade deadline or something like that but to see that just on a random august day was nuts that was a beauty and that was not one i anticipated but as soon as skinner was on the market which kind of arguably was last season uh this summer particularly was one that i was uh really hoping that they would get in on and sure enough they did and here we are. It's an incredible pickup. He's 26. Right. If it, it doesn't work out, you just flip him for a first rounder for a desperate team at the deadline in totally, February. Totally. And no harm, no foul. You gave up nothing. Someone I can't was, believe we didn't lose one of the first round picks that we got. <laughs> right? So someone, at, um, someone I know is trying to tell me that the Sabres gave up way too much for him. And they're like, you're going to need all those draft picks. So a second round <laughs> pick in the NHL has approximately a 34 chance, 34 percent chance, excuse me, of hitting the NHL and being a regular NHL player. Yeah, I'm it's, fine with those odds. No, me too. Let alone a third and a sixth round pick. Yeah, no, one. I I would do this deal any day of the week. Yeah, yeah. So Jack's got someone to play with, or maybe Casey's got someone to play with. Uh, either way, it's uh, I am I I'm excited. I'm real excited for this season. How can you not be? And, oh, yeah, Rasmus Dahlin. Right. No, don't forget about that guy. So It'll be a fun year, I think. If you like hockey, uh, this might this is not the normal talk for us, but Jeff and I are big hockey guys. So uh, what we're going to do today is our annual – we'll talk about our annual fall preview article that we run at thegeekiverse.com. Uh, you can check that out. It's live on the website now. Chronicles some of our writers' top five most anticipated games that are coming out for the rest of the year. We've kind of – uh, unofficially call it the the fall gaming season. Uh, it's almost like the holiday gaming season, really, because these games start coming out and then they, they go on sale for, for Black Friday and uh, a lot of these games will be on gamers' lists when it comes to Christmas time. So it's a packed time of year and uh, what we wrote about on the website, which, by the way, this was the fifth time we did this article. It's kind of cool, you know? Very. So this is our fifth year of being a company. Uh, what we did was we kind of broke down some of our favorites We'll talk about that in a moment, but we're going to go chronologically from August, uh, actually just now, all the way through um, December. And there's not too much in November and December, so we'll kind of go through these relatively quickly. If you're not sure what's on the horizon, you're going to want some of the play later this year. This is the perfect podcast to be listening to. 
yes to give you everything you could possibly be interested in yeah it's uh there there's a lot going on as always and what i've noticed this year is it stretched into august a little bit so usually the the gaming season here that we call it goes heavy september all the way through november usually you've got call of duty in november and that's kind of your big juggernaut or your fallout whatever it may be in recent years we've been getting a lot of spring releases where spring is almost almost as packed as the fall but do you think gamers have finally figured out they don't all have to uh, release their games within two months of each other? No, totally. Um, like, I remember um, last year, uh, what do you call it? You had Splatoon 2 launching in the middle of July on the Switch, and that's like a 7 million um, copy seller they just announced. It, it, I think it just hit 7 million units worldwide. I, I don't think there is a downtime of the year for video games anymore. People are going to want to play if it's a good game. And March seems to be a hot month, too. So we got uh, Zelda a few years back, yep. uh, Breath of the Wild specifically. Uh, we got Mass Effect Andromeda, which was a, a AAA game. Yeah. Not a great game, but it was a AAA game, so another big one. We usually get a Far Cry around that time of year because we've gotten Primal, and I want to say 5 came out. I think so, too. Yeah. And I mean, um, last year, uh, what do you call it? I believe it was February 28th was Horizon Zero Dawn. Yes. Or it was literally right before March. So just that whole, those couple, you know, three, four weeks were just loaded. And then next March, or even last two weeks of February going into March, you've got Anthem, Metro Exodus. Um, there's, a, there's a bunch uh, that we covered at E3 that are coming out. So if they're not on our list here and it's a, a big name release, odds are it's coming out right around then. Yeah, if but, your game's good, people are good. People will play it. Doesn't matter what time of year it is. I don't. I don't buy. You know that there's a lull anymore. There isn't. There. There absolutely isn't. Um, and it's a wonderful thing. In a way, it's nice because it spaces out some of these big releases. But at the same time, I also used to like that first year, first part of the year catch up because sure. I used to go through my backlog and just crush it. Now that's kind of become summer <laughs> for me. Uh, usually. In my case, there's not a lot for me that comes out between June and August. That's usually my time to catch up. Um, you know, obviously, like you said, Splatoon had come out, but this year, here we are. We're recording this on August 6th. You're going to be hearing it on the 8th, I believe, for the first time. And um, I guess we'll start right there. August 7th, so we just got a review code for this, and I can't wait to get my hands on that, uh, is Overcooked 2. This is uh, such a, a weird obsession of mine since e3 adam and i got to play it there and it, maybe i just loved it because i was yelling at adam so much but uh so what else is new we, like really nothing but i got to do it in a video game now with purpose it was great this uh is created by team 17 team 17 has released uh, a lot of kind of smaller hits over the years 2015 they had the escapists uh let's see here they did the ollie ollie games they did the original Overcooked in 2016, and then last year they had um, Ukulele. Okay. So I, I was I I thought I knew that name from somewhere. If uh, if you're familiar with teams, if you weren't familiar with Team Seventeen, that's that's where they go. Gotcha, they actually have gotcha. a pedigree all the way back to 1992. I'm not familiar with this, but they they developed a game called Just Assassin, Assassin. Um, and since then they they basically went all the way to 1998. Took a hiatus, came back in 2013, and they've been developing some of the, the almost like the, the cuter, small games that yeah. you've either got a really nice, charming first um, kind of single-player story, or you've got more of a party game like Overcooked. So you, neither you and I have played the original Overcooked. No. 
that is totally going to be a fun game night, Geekiverse game night game this year. It's up to four players. Couch. Perfect. You can also do up to four players online. So if you're by yourself, you can jump online with a bunch of friends or, or strangers. Uh, essentially, if you don't know the premise, you're in a kitchen and uh, you are served up orders to varying degrees of difficulty on different levels. And as the time goes on, the orders start spiraling in faster and faster and they're more difficult. So you've got a, you've got a uh, cut up sushi, you've got a chop up salad, you've got to put... Uh, various items into a boiler. You can't have it boil too much, otherwise it starts on fire. It Things gets like that. overcooked is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Oh. I'm sorry. That's the last one for the night, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't put one past Pavlik there. But uh, they added a bunch of dynamic levels. So like when Adam and I were playing, there was like a sushi restaurant in what felt like New York City. So you had to cross the street with your finished plate <laughs> to deliver it to the <laughs> I love that. The hostess. Or the, the waiter, excuse me. And uh, I timed it right in handing off a plate to Adam, knowing he would turn around and bust his ass to get across the street, and a car hit him. And it, it was the funniest thing in the world. I had to do the dish over, but it was worth all the satisfaction. So Overcooked 2, that's out this week. Go to thegeekiverse.com. We've got a full written preview for that. As I mentioned, we got our hands on it at E3. It's a lot of fun, single player or multiplayer. And uh, click on our Amazon link. You'll see that there. Um, that's that's kicking off my fall gaming season early here. And as you'll see, all of my games fall between now and September 21st that I have really? on my, my top five list. which is That doesn't happen too often. No. Uh, it's very interesting to say the least. So, Overcooked, check it out. $29.99 on Xbox One and PS4. $39.99, still a hell of a deal on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, they, I promise you, go check out some Let's Plays. I want to say uh, Achievement Hunter did a Let's Play on it. It's hilarious. It's just it's chaos. It's it's all over the place. Uh, let's see here. The next game I had on, on the, the list here, uh, Monster Hunter World is coming out on PC. We did a review for that early in the year. It yes. came out for PS4 and Xbox One already. It did. Yeah. One of the probably the first big hit of the year. Yeah, that was probably the first like big AAA like you know acclaim game that hit. Could you describe what that might be to a newcomer? Monster Hunter is a little bit similar to like Demon Souls and Dark Souls or Bloodborne, like that type of game. It's an action RPG. Um, you primarily fight one enemy at a time, and it, you know, true to the name, is a very large monster who has an obscene amount of health for the most part. Um, they're very, very like action and input heavy games where like you can't just you can't hack and slash in these games. Dodging, blocking timing your attacks are, is just you know pivotal it's vital um especially because a lot of the weapons in the game are very heavy so if you it'll take you a couple seconds to wind up and actually perform your strike and if you miss you are wide open for as you know as long as you know two three seconds for the monster to hit you and most of the time when you do get hit by your enemy the monster deals a ton of damage to you so you have to be extremely do uh, judicious with your attacks with your defense um and then you you just you fight the monster until you either kill it or capture it whatever it may be but i i've absolutely loved them i played them since monster hunter try released on the original wii back in 2009 um and it, it's become one of my favorite series in the last almost decade now it's extremely popular and yes. it's taking off more than ever in the West. Yeah, it, it originally was, you know, and it still is huge in Japan. But when it first launched, it really 
it struggled to find an audience in America. Um, but the last, you know, over the last decade now, it slowly, slowly grew. It really helped being on the 3DS, I think. Um, those games sold very well in Japan. And then once they um, made the game bigger, made the game more ambitious, more sprawling levels, uh, more detail, um, Monster Hunter World is just, you know, knocked it out of the park. It was an instant success on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. It uh, it's almost mainstream now, not quite. It's getting there. It's getting there. It's getting there. And that's uh, that's kind of an exciting thing, especially like we said for a game that maybe originated or was more popular mm-hmm. in the eastern uh, section of the world. There. And they're so, and they're difficult. They require a lot of commitment from you. Um, they're not just like a pick up and play kind of game. If you're gonna sit down and play it, you better have an hour to devote to it because some of the fights can take an hour, if you know, if not a little bit longer. It's uh, it's nice to see it, it take off, and I'm glad that that is coming to PC. Um, we'll move on to to August 10th here. Madden NFL 19, uh, another iteration of that game. Uh, I'm actually I'm not 100 percent sure if we are getting our hands on a review copy of that or not, but I I believe we are. So stay tuned for more on that. Also on August 10th comes out uh, the game that was number one on my list, and I had no- overcooked at number four, but this one uh, is We Happy Few, which is a game. That was first shown to us at E3 2016. And from that initial trailer, it just kind of put its claws right into me. It, it feels like it's got that really creepy, fun, atmospheric, faded color palette of a game, not unlike you'd see in a Bioshock or a Dishonored. Yeah. And uh, It's made by Compulsion Games. One of the coolest announcements at E3 this year was that Compulsion is now owned by Microsoft. Right. They were picked up. (laughs) Yeah. They are going to be doing exclusive Xbox games in the future. That's great. (laughs) They need it badly. Uh, So I think the next Xbox is going to crush it when it comes to um, those AAA exclusives because it, it really struggled this generation. But We Happy Few... Um, the synopsis right from Compulsion Games website. We Happy Few is the tale of a plucky bunch of moderately terrible people trying to escape from a lifetime of cheerful denial. Set in a drug-fueled, retro-futuristic city in an alternative 1960s England, you'll have to blend in with its other inhabitants who have their own set of not-so-normal rules. I love every bit of it. It's creepy. This might have been a good October game, but I think they were trying to get away from all the, the bigger names. Uh, I actually got to play an hour and a half of this at E3. We had a kind of a sit-down private demo over at Gearbox, and um, it felt like it was about 20 minutes at, at most. It, it, it flew by. Essentially, I started about, I want to say it was about an hour into the game, uh, the young lady told me, and uh, it is procedurally generated, so every every game is not going to be the same. That's interesting. But it's not to the level that you see in like a No Man's Sky, okay. where they really just didn't do anything and there just is built a world. Structure to it is there what you're saying. Is okay. a lot of structure to it, okay. but maybe uh, think more Skyrim than yeah, No Man's yeah, yeah. Sky, where you can play all these quests out of order and have all these decisions, and you can I help see. people, you can't help people. Um, it was great because they were like, you don't have to kill everybody. When people come up to you, you can try to sneak past them. You can try to blend in, just like the description says. Uh, you c- like you can try to sneak up, sneak up on guards in certain areas. Essentially, the government's trying to control these people. They, they've given them happy pills, for uh, lack of a, a better term. And 
you kind of realize that this is not the way that you want to live. And, uh, man, I, I got to imagine I'm going to be sinking some good time into this game. Uh, I heard today that it's only 20 hours, and I say only 20 hours. That's fine with me. Yeah, I, I don't I, need a huge game. That sounds like a reasonable length. That's a really good um, amount of time for a game such as this. So, uh, yeah, that one is out later this week. We're going to be getting our hands on a review copy of that one, so stay tuned. Perfect. And, um, yeah, that one, I'm happy to see that that's finally coming out. It's been in early game access for a long time now. So if you bought that, I, I believe you get the full version of the game. And I, I don't believe it's going to sell for the full $60 value if you haven't purchased it. Right. So check that out coming later this Friday. Uh, let's see here. Let's see. Next one on the list for me actually is another one that was on my list. Uh, it was number five, uh, The Walking Dead, the final season, episode one. So ah. in short, um, this is the conclusion to Clementine's story. She's a little bit older now. So we, we started off The Walking Dead and she was a little girl. She's at least in her teens now. I don't know how old, but uh, if you played The Walking Dead season one and two and then A New Frontier, this is the final season. And uh, I'm hoping that it's every bit as dark and satisfying and emotional as we saw in those those early seasons from Telltale's Walking Dead. Now, these games are not for everybody. Uh, a lot of, lot of quick-time events, not much action in, in the sense of, like Skyrim, you're running around a map. This is a, a little bit more linear, but you can explore within the sandbox and a lot of dialogue choices. I originally wrote our review up for the, the Walking Dead seasons one and two when those came out a few years back for the Xbox One, and I think it said I made 519 decisions in the first season alone, which is five episodes. Wow. So there's a lot of branching storylines yeah. for that. <laughs> and um, I think it, uh, Clementine is one of the the best protagonists in, in a game in a long time, and to see her get kind of a final season here and a nice send-off is, uh, is awesome because the new frontier ended a little bit open. So check that out. Episode one only, and it's typically four ninety nine that you can get on just about any system. But it's going to debut on PS four, Xbox One, and PC August fourteenth. That same day is uh, next World of Warcraft expansion too. Yeah, Battle for Azeroth. I I've never played it before, um, and <laughs> it, and I refuse to. But that's not for a lack of interest in it. I actually think. World of Warcraft looks awesome. The reason why I refuse to ever play is because I know how I am, and if I start playing, <laughs> I will get sucked into it. I just I can already tell you that if I were to ever start playing World of Warcraft, my life would become all about it. <laughs> I I, that's uh, that's some good I control. Am. The game looks really cool. I love that world. Yeah, I've looked up like the lore behind it, like the stories and like the um, uh, what do you call it, the spinoff kind of stuff they've done, the comics, the books, etc. Um, I think it all looks really, really cool. I've always been interested, but there's just, I, I know if I were ever start playing that, that'd be it for me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think a lot of people are in the same boat and those are the people that play it. And um, yeah. It's crazy how long that game has been going now. Cause that's like a, that's technically like a GameCube, Xbox, uh, PlayStation two generation game. I believe, I believe it came out late in that gen and yeah. it's still going to this day. Oh, absolutely. It's uh it's amazing how popular it is. It truly is. Did you end up seeing that movie a few years ago? I did not. Me neither. Um, I saw the I, trailer like a thousand times. Yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. Game movies are, are kind of hit or miss like that. Uh let's see here. For better or worse. For the rest of 
the month there. Let's Guacamelee see. 2 is kind of uh, oh, a big deal. On I wish that was coming out to Switch so bad. I'm surprised. It, is the first one on? No. Can you port it? Um, well, no, the first one came out for Wii U, so that's how I got to play it. Because for those at home, I'm a Nintendo fanboy. That's basically all I game on. Um, but I absolutely adored the original Guacamelee. So I'm really I'm, surprised. I'm gonna have to just hang out at your place and play it on your PlayStation 4 if you don't mind. I, that's totally fine. I'll, I'll give you the money to download it. I'm just gonna come over and play it though, because I have to. We should play try it. to get a review code for that yeah, one. It, I never th- even thought of it. The first one was so much fun. It just the aesthetics of it. I, you love. I just for example, you loved Coco last year. Yeah, yeah. And it absolutely yeah. cat nails that Mexican aesthetic. Yeah. Um, like the Dia de los Muertos stuff. Oh. It, it's it's it, it really really nails the cultural inspiration behind it. I'm gonna have to jump on that at some point. I really am. Super fun game. I might have it. Uh, it might have been like a PSN game. One yeah, of the, it of the probably was. Plus, yeah. uh, free games. I have to check my library. But that's August 21st. That comes out. Um, a, probably a big one for you here. Monster Hunter Generations right. Ultimate. Uh, <laughs> I know Gar- uh, our our fellow crew writer Andrew Garvey listed his number one most anticipated game for the rest of the year. Um, it did not make my top five, but I will be buying that game day one, and I'll be playing plenty of it. It's not it's not Monster Hunter World because Monster Hunter World significantly upgraded the Monster Hunter formula and mechanics. It completely took out um, loading screens, um, and it made the entire levels um, open ended. Whereas, like, say, in Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate on the Switch, for example, if you walk out of an area into the next one, you're going to see a loading screen. In, you know, there's that, like, you know, delay in the environments actually rendering. But I'm still going to play it because, hey, it's got 90-some monsters that you can fight in it. It's the biggest one to date, the biggest roster to date. Portable or on the big screen? I'll play it on the big screen for sure. Yeah. I never liked Monster Hunter on a small screen. I mean, I love Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate and Monster Hunter... Uh, actually, I wasn't too big a fan of Monster Hunter Generations, but I love Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate on the 3DS. However, my f- fondest memories playing Monster Hunter were on the big screen with the Wii and Wii U. Just it, it just feels more appropriate because the monsters look so cool. They're animated so well. The battles are epic. It just It just feels more appropriate. I uh, I think that's going to be a popular one for the Switch here. Yeah. Uh, I I think that's going to do well. Hopefully, at the uh, in terms of sales, and we'll we'll see what goes on uh, in just a few weeks for that. We've also got at the end of the month there, uh, August thirty first, another big name, Divinity Original Sin two. Uh, that, yes. that was a Game Informer uh, cover, I believe. Original. I shouldn't was say a I know. Beauty of a game. But uh, that'll be a popular one. That's PS four and Xbox one to close out the month there. So August, a little more busy. Than it usually is. Definitely. Uh, we kick off September, and that is always an exciting time of the year for me. It feels like, all right, here we go. We're going to head on to, to some of the big AAA releases, and there's a few things you can count on. You can always count on your, your NBAs and your NHLs coming out. And now, in some way, shape, or form, an annualized Destiny. Um, either you get a full release or a spinoff. We're getting the DLC, the newest one, called Forsaken, Adam Hur is a huge Destiny fan, so he's got that number one on his list. Um, I kind of, I come and go with Destiny. Um, I played the first one about a year after launch, even though I got it at launch because it was so messed up, and right, I yeah. enjoyed it. Destiny Two, a more fully realized game with a really nice single player campaign. 
I thought that they, they improved upon everything that was already really, really stellar in terms of mechanics in the first one. Uh, but this one uh, is promising a whole bunch of new updates, new locations, new enemy types, new supers, new weapons and gear, just about everything. It's almost uh, almost a new game. So uh, Destiny's still going strong. That's a franchise that I'm kind of rooting for. I don't necessarily love it myself, but uh, Bungie's such a, a, a good studio. And it's if you've never played Destiny, try it with a friend. It is a blast. Uh, it is it is one of the best shooters out there. It, to, it totally feels unique. It feels like they took what they did with Halo and built upon it. And they figured out uh, kind of all those mechanics from jumping and jetpacking across the map. They did a really good job with it. I, for one, like really, really big expansions or like DLC packs like this. Like how Shivering Isles was for um, Elder Scrolls Oblivion, that kind of thing. Um, when Breath of the Wild did the Master Trials and Champions Ballad. I know there's the argument that, you know, do these DLC packs take away from how quickly they get out a full sequel? But I like that a game can stay relevant even, you know, months, if not years, after it first releases. That it doesn't just, you know, go, you know, back onto your shelf once you've completed everything that was, you know, there on the disc. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm fine with it. I like expansions. I like DLC as long as it's truly not a part of that original game. Right, right, right. Um, but, you know, something like this, this is obviously well worth the money, well worth the effort that they put into it. It really is. Uh, like, they, they, like you said, this could be a full game. It could. Um, like Xenoblade Chronicles 2 has a, uh, an expansion coming out in September. They've said it's like 50 hours. And I mean, that's just, you know, a side story, basically. Like, that's longer than a lot of $60 games that come out. Yeah. Like, I like like I like when, you know, a developer can pull that off. If you just, you know, throw in, you know, a, a, a trial mode or something like that, or a two-hour side story for full DLC, that's not the same. But, like, this is, you know, these expansions, these take me back to the days when, like, Command & Conquer or Neverwinter Nights used to do that. You know, these huge, massive expansions that technically aren't full sequels, but might as well be, given how much content they cram into them. It's almost like a Grand Theft Auto, how much yes. they build on that platform there years later. Another good example. Almost a totally different game from when you first played it, if you did play it, you know, when it came out. And um, hopefully they'll do that with Red Dead, and you see it with other huge games, you know, like Skyrim, for example. Yeah. Fallout usually does a good job with DLC packs. Nothing as big as uh, the other games we mentioned, but still. The Witcher 3 had two very, very oh, good yeah. ones. Big time. Big time. Uh, Witcher 3, I'm in the middle of still, and it kind of just, man, I got about a quarter of the way through the game. I love it. Yeah. I absolutely love it. Just came at a bad time here again. Oh, man, Geralt, I'm so sorry. I just I keep cutting myself short of that game. Yeah. I need to just devote time to it. And here we are talking about every game that's about to come out again. Did you happen to see Henry Cavill recently said that if you were offered, he would like to play Geralt? Yes. Oh, man, that TV would be awesome. show on Netflix. How cool would that be? I can't, I can't visualize it. Me neither, because he doesn't seem anything like right. it. But I, I I love Henry Cavill, so hey, if you can get it, more power to you, buddy. I, I'd love to see him in that. I think he could I'm, get his voice there. <laughs> I'm just always rooting for Henry Cavill. So, and, 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 yeah, I like him. Yeah. I, he's, he was, as uh, if you may have heard, we, we loved him in, uh, in Mission Impossible yes, Fallout. He was, uh, he he was coming quite... back in that <laughs> franchise ever again. So, Agree to disagree. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, he, he was wonderful in that yeah. movie. And uh, he's a big gamer too, apparently. Like, I know he's a big Witcher fan. Don't you want Man of Steel to work out so bad? Oh, big time. Just because of him? Yeah. Like, he I, deserves I it. I think it eventually will. 
And see, I I, I, I like the original Man of Steel quite a bit. I think so it's do a great I. movie. Um, I wish it wasn't as polarizing as it turned out to be. Because I think it's a fantastic Superman movie. It's the best in this iteration of DC's universe movie other than Wonder Woman. Right. Well, there's, there's also been five, so. True. <laughs> but. Yeah. No, I, and, I mean, and, for and, what it's worth, in, in, you know, five movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, true. there's okay. lots more to argue. That's true. I know I, I'm, I'm true. just as guilty of anyone as comparing the two, and I got to stop. I know, I know, I know. But uh, I feel like that one flew under the radar. Man of Steel. It yeah. was so quiet. It, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. Better than BVS. Right. Easily. Well, I, think, I think a lot of it was that when it came out, people didn't realize that it was the start to, to the DCEU. I think a lot of people viewed it as just a one-off. And we know, were really home. close still to Dark Knight Rises. Yes, that too. So that was a little bit tough maybe for the more mainstream audience. Absolutely. Um, but then, you know, obviously it was way better than Suicide Squad. And uh, what else? Am I <laughs> Justice League was lukewarm to yeah. me. But, Perfect uh, way to describe it. Yeah. So... Uh, we've got NBA 2K19 and NBA Live 19 <laughs> coming out on September 7th. <laughs> EA, what, give it up, man! Oh man, I wish you, sh- I wish you could have seen the look on my face, people. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what you're doing with NBA Live. What I'd rather them do, and they, you know, they, it's probably an exclusivity thing, is go make a baseball game because those trip, the triple A and or triple play. And MVP Baseball were some of my favorite experiences in, in the early PS2 era. You think they can, uh, can compete with the show, though? I mean, the show... I Xbox mean, they, has nothing. I mean, It's true. Nothing. I mean, maybe that's... Yeah, maybe it's that's It's got to be a licensing answer. thing. I, I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. I don't know if it could compete with the show, but you know what? If it came to Xbox... Maybe, yeah. Maybe and you know, I have a PS4, so maybe, maybe that's not the best argument, I guess. But competition's a good thing. I'll say that. Right. Uh, I'd like to see that. Before we dive into the the next batch of games here, I do want to just give a, a quick shout out to a, a partner of ours that we are proud to sponsor, and that's Fantastic Shirts. That's F-A-N-T-E-E-S-T-I-C. Uh, that is owned and operated by 26 Shirts, uh, who's owned by Del Reed. Uh, in the Buffalo, New York area, uh, specifically, a very big... Um, he's everything. He, he does a lot for our area when it comes to helping families, helping charities, what 26 Shirts does, and Fantastic, they raise money for families in need and how you can contribute. You can go to fantastic. or uh, excuse me, 26shirts.com slash Fantastic, buy one of their uh, timed exclusive shirts. And if you use uh, for Fantastic our code um, geek10, that's G-E-E-K-T-E-N, you'll get 10% off your order. And each week, there's a new geek-themed shirt. Uh, so a lot of superhero stuff. L- uh, this past week was a wonderful uh, kind of shirt that was a design based on Gollum, but it was Thanos looking at uh, one of the Infinity Stones. So uh, Dell and his team of artists do a great job with there, and the only thing they do a better job of is helping out uh, families and charities in the surrounding area here, and even more so on a national level than you might even imagine. So we'd appreciate that again. Use our code GEEK10 over at 26shirts.com slash fantastic. It's going a long way for a lot of folks. I believe he's based in also Chicago and Pittsburgh areas too, right? That's correct. Right, so if you're listening from Chicago or Pittsburgh, by all means, take a look over there. I'm sure he's got some shirts uh, designed for your area. He does. So they, they... 
26 shirts started primarily with sports. Right. So that's what they are. So Buffalo, Sabres, Bills, uh, they do, obviously, like Pavlak said, Pittsburgh and Chicago areas. Uh, and then uh, we talked and decided it was a good idea to kind of go into the, the geeky realm. And so far, so good. We're almost at a year uh, on our partnership. I think we're at 10 months. So it's uh, it's very exciting. On a, a much less serious note, I have to say, Pete just... Pete's in the middle of a conversation with me on Slack, and he said, hold the phone. I may have found a back door. Damn it, that's what she said. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I don't even know if I want the context behind this. <laughs> just leave it he's, at that. We're talking about the website. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, right. So we'll just leave it at that. Anyway, speaking of Pete, in a way, September 7th, Peter Parker makes oh. his, <laughs> his return to the PlayStation 4 with Marvel's Spider-Man, the much-anticipated game from Insomniac, exclusive to the PS4. This is a system seller for a lot of people. Uh, that special edition Spider-Man PS4 was really hard to come by. I don't know if they've opened up more pre-orders for it, but it is gorgeous. Uh, you can find that on Amazon. We did include a link in our article. Uh, you've got this as your number five game. Yes. I've got this as my number two game. I got to play it at Sony's E3 briefing. Yeah, maybe if I had played at E3, it would, would have moved up my list. <laughs> it did for me only because of that. And uh, it feels like I, I I imagined it too. So when right. you look at the trailers and the videos, it uh, handles very nicely. I, I found myself, so we would stand in front of these huge TVs to play it, kind of at the, like this closed-off portion. And I felt <laughs> I felt like I was getting dizzy at times. Uh, just when I was swinging through the streets, and I, I think that's a really nice way of saying like they, they nailed the aesthetic there because it's I felt like I was actually doing it. And I don't often feel that realism with games, even yeah. though this is a fake. It's a, it's a superhero. Right, it's not VR. It's, it's fictional. It's yeah, not it's like a, you. It's not like you're. You've got the virtual reality. Yeah. It's just a two D screen you're watching. So I'm hoping this is Spider Man's version of Arkham City. Yeah, uh, Arkham City is my favorite game ever. Um, we've had some okay Spider-Man games. Spider-Man 2 on the PS4 era was in original Xbox was very popular. Mm-hmm. Um, 12, I think there's 12 confirmed villains. Did we get there? So I'm going down the list. Comicbook.com put this out just a few days ago. We're getting Shocker, Mr. Negative, Scorpion, Vulture. We all have screenshots for these. They look amazing. Electro, Rhino, Taskmaster, that's interesting. That's an Avengers villain, is it? Yeah, okay. Kingpin. Silver Sable. We're up to nine. They're, they're counting Norman Osborn. We don't know that he's going to be a villain in this necessarily. Okay. Probably, huh. but we don't know in the timeline. Yeah. Black Cat. So we're up to, I got 11, I believe, there. Yes. Okay. That's what I've got. And the mystery sixth <laughs> member of the Sinister Stick, Six, excuse me. There's the one that he was like, it's you at the end of the trailer from E3, right? Yep. It's got to be. So that's pretty impressive. I really, really, really hope this game does well critically. Yeah. And I think it's really important not only for Insomniac and Spider-Man as a franchise, but for Sony. This E3 sold me on it because, honestly, last year I was not impressed at all with it. They didn't do much with it last year. Um, I The demonstration that they did during Sony's press conference didn't do a thing for me. In fact, I was actually quite unimpressed with it. Um, How would you feel in the first year? So this this would have been its 33, actually. Um, it, honestly, I don't even remember, so it did nothing for me its first year either. But like I said, that one two, um, last year, I thought it was just way too quick time heavy, whereas this 
demonstration at E3 this year just wowed me. I thought the platforming, the web slinging, all looked outstanding. If it wasn't coming out this year, it was going to be like, what are we doing? Yeah. Sony really had to put up or shut up this year, finally. It, they invested in three E3s worth for some of these heavy hitters. and They never want to wait again after the whole Last Guardian situation. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, okay, we've done that. We've done that in one decade too many. <laughs> this has got to come out. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I'm, I'm really excited about it, obviously. Uh, check out the article at thegeekiverse.com. Also wrote up uh, a preview for the game. Uh, f- uh, you can search it, but it came out in June. So you can get my impressions from that. September 14th, maybe not on your radar, but it's always on mine. NHL 19 for PS4 and Xbox One. Pond hockey sounds awesome. I haven't played the beta yet. It's out exclusively on PS4. I've got it downloaded, but I've either got to play that or Overcooked. And let's face it, I'm going to be playing Overcooked. Uh, there's a new game mode called Ones. So last year, there was a game mode called Threes. It was awesome. You play three on three. And do you remember the game NHL Hits? Oh, I used to love NHL Hits, man. Very <laughs> influenced. Very much reminiscent of that. God, I loved NHL Hits. No penalties. <laughs> there's a really ridiculous announcer. Yeah. Um, oh, a very arcadey vibe, I'm assuming, right? Super yeah. arcadey. Fast paced. They're doing the Love same it. thing with NHL ones, and that is you drop a puck, you play pond hockey, you play against two other people, but they're also on on their own team each. So you have three teams essentially. Huh. It, you're, whoever has the puck is trying to score. That's the other two are trying to prevent that person from scoring. Interesting. So you gotta get you gotta be a creative puck handler. Yeah. Really excited about that. I hope it plays well. And that's, um, I think that's in the, the be- yeah, it is in the beta. One of our new writers, uh, Chris Wright, wrote about that. Chris Wright wrote, that's hard to say. He wrote about this. You can check out his impressions of the beta right now at our website. Or if you're on PS4, you can go download it for free. I don't know when that expires. So if you're listening to this, uh, you better hurry up. And um, it's not going to be around for a long time, I can tell you that. Next one, also the same day for me. Like I said, these all come out. Yeah, I'm looking at September right now, and it's just one game after another. Jam-packed. We're going to so, mention every single one of these games on this list, I feel like. It's hard. So the next one for me, same day, September 14th, PC, Xbox One, PS4, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. This is a big one for me. I am a, a real big fan of Crystal Dynamics' uh, reboot of the franchise. This is the third and uh, supposedly final one, and the kind of the tagline here is "Become the Tomb Raider." So, it's a darker take. It's set um, basically with Lara kind of embracing the darkness, becoming the Tomb Raider, and having to prevent like the Mayan apocalypse, which I think is really intriguing. So you're in the uh, as always, the jungle atmospheres. Some of the screenshots and some of the gameplay we've seen her walking through like restaurant crowds. So maybe there's more interaction than there normally is. I also got to play the city three, and as I wrote in my article, Camilla Luddington was standing right next to me when I. No kidding. Yeah, so I show up in the morning. It was day two, and we didn't have an appointment, so I was going to just secure one really quick. Because the line was like three and a half hours to right. play. I know for that game. If I'm you sure. were if you weren't in the media, so I go and do that, and all of a sudden everybody like gets quiet, and I look to my left, and Camilla Luddington's there just smiling. So Camilla is the voice, and uh, she uh, she does the CG work for for Lara Croft in the game, and I was like, "Hi!" Just star, <laughs> just starstruck. Yeah. I just smile. I said hi. She said hi. <laughs> 
And at that point, I was like, I either have to continue along trying to get this appointment secured, or I try to get a picture with her. I went for the appointment. Uh, it, it was it was a little bit crazy. And what was even crazier was when I was playing it, uh, she was... So they basically had booths lined up back to back, and she was standing like five feet from me. And I'm like, this is so crazy. Yeah. I, I like wanted to turn to her and be like, look, that's you. That's you right <laughs> on the screen. Uh, I like her As iteration. If she wouldn't know. <laughs> I know, I know. But <laughs> Wait, like, did, did you know that's you? Did you know you're in this video game? Yeah. So uh, I like this, this Lara Croft trilogy a lot. Uh, I'm a huge Uncharted fan. Tomb Raider inspired Uncharted, and in turn, Uncharted kind of took us into this new modern age of Tomb Raider games. It's come full circle. It has, and uh, that gets me excited for where we go next with Uncharted, with a new protagonist in the future. So uh, that game, it plays just like the other two. If you like those games, you're going to like this one. If you didn't, you're not. So that's all there is to it. Uh, a week later, another game. This didn't make my list, but it was close. It was real close. September twenty first, PS four, Xbox One. Mind you, feels wrong to play Spyro on an Xbox One, but Spyro: The Reignited Trilogy includes the first three games. Uh, so let's see: Spyro, Spyro Two, Ripto's Rage, and then Spyro: Year of the Dragon. Again, got to play this at E three. It's a lot like how Crash was remade. Yeah. It's the same team. They did a marvelous job. It looks great. It sounds great. It plays great. Uh, for me, did you ever play the Spyro games at all? Only Puff? a very, very little bit. Me too. Because I, I didn't even have an original PlayStation when I was a kid. I played the demo. So we got like Pizza Hut used to give out these demo yeah. discs. <laughs> and uh, that was one of the demos that was on there. Yeah. And I played the heck out of the one level, but I never got the game. I was always really into Crash Bandicoot, and that's what I played. And, and Twisted Metal; those were my games. I believe yeah, this. Yeah, this is the 20th anniversary of the original game too, September 8th. What man? What else? What is another series that? If, can you think of one off the top of your head that you'd like built from the ground up, like they did with Spyro and Crash Bandicoot, where they they didn't just port them; they yeah. like rebuilt them. Um. I know that's hard to, without thinking about it. Yeah. But Spyro was an obvious choice after Crash did so well. Right. These now, to me, feel like they're the gateway to new versions of those games. Like, yeah. if they want to build a new Crash Bandicoot game, they can. Right. They got the engine right there. Yes. And yeah. it did so well. Same with Spyro. If it does well, why not? I don't yeah. know. Nintendo's always done a good job, in uh, particular, though, of uh, with Virtual Console or even re-releases of bringing back older games. Yeah. So, you know, there, there are, and, you know, speaking of Nintendo, there are fans who always wanted to see, like, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask remade from the ground up. I don't know if I ever would, though, just because I have such fond memories with the original versions of those games. And I'm, I'm stupidly sentimental. I'm stupidly sentimental in general. So am I. But especially in regards to video games. And, like, to see, like, say, Ocarina of Time, which is, one of the most influential games on my life to see that built from the ground up with, you know, HD tech. I, I don't think I would like it. I, I, it just wouldn't feel right to me. The image I have of that game is the original 64 bit graphics from N64. My thought for my answer for that might've been twisted metal to get, uh, maybe one, two and three would, would be awesome. Rebuilt. Mm. Uh, I think it'd be a lot of fun. It'd be great multiplayer. 
Yeah, um, totally. I, and they could they could sell it for like a forty dollar package. I'd be all about that. <laughs> uh, Xenoblade on the same day. Xenoblade Chronicles Two: Torn of the Golden Country yes. on Switch. Uh, is this an expansion? Is this DLC? Like, how do you view this? Uh, you honestly, you could probably view it as both. Um, it is getting a physical release, which is extremely uh, like that. Just goes to show how big this is. Um, it was announced at E3 this past year. The story itself is a prequel to the Xenoblade Chronicles Two story. Um, takes place, I believe they said, 500 years beforehand. So it's going to focus on um, some of the major characters and what they were doing before the main story took place um, and what your party members were doing. But uh, it's been estimated that this is good. Like the story in this is going to be around like 50 hours or so. I know they said the number of chapters is, um, you know, in the dozens upon dozens. Um, So this is, like I said, you know, for DLC or an expansion, you know, when you talk about what makes DLC worth it, this is an example to get a game that large as basically just an add on is nuts. I uh, I think, and, and Xenoblade, very popular for Switch owners. Yeah, it did very well. Um, I believe Nintendo recently just announced that it sold 1.5 million copies, which is far and away the highest that the franchise has ever sold. Um, so it's just a, another example of basically you put it on Switch and it's going to sell, at least in Nintendo's case. Uh, September 25th, Valkyria Chronicles 4, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Anything to say about that one? Um, that's a series that I don't believe the West has seen in a while. I don't think the third one ever released outside of Japan. Um, that's it a cool one. What's that? It doesn't ring a bell that yeah, it did. That's a cool one. Um, it's turn-based strategy, kind of like, do you remember XCOM? Yep. Oh, yeah. It's it's a lot like that. Um, it takes place in a kind of like alternate reality World War II. So it's kind of like you know turn-of-the-century, industrial revolution, kind of steampunk kind of style. But they're really cool games. Um, so, like, like I said, I'm just glad to see them come back to you know the West again. September 27th is a I would almost say a bit of a cult classic, but it's probably more than uh, that. Yes. Uh, Life is Strange 2 getting a new season finally. So this has been something that's uh, uh, Life is Strange fans have been pining for for a while. We got uh, Before the Storm last year, which was well received, but they went a full on season here, uh, a lot like Walking Dead did in turning back to Clementine here for their final season. Uh, episode one, PS4, Xbox One, PC. I, I I played through a bit of the first episode of the first season, and I enjoyed it. And it's one I always mean to return to, but it's one I really just got to dedicate like a weekend to and go through. Um, very uh, narrative driven, not unlike a Telltale game, but a little little bit more action. Nothing too crazy. September 28th, the most popular sport in the world, FIFA 19, soccer. Uh, PS4, Xbox One, Switch. PS3, 360, Oh, I don't think I realized that. Look at that. Well, yeah. I didn't realize games were still coming out on those systems, even though they're... Are they even made anymore? I don't even know. They must be manufactured still. I think they are still being manufactured. Because it wasn't too long ago the PS2 just stopped. Right. But FIFA 19, absolutely huge. Uh, I, I got into one of the FIFAs a little bit. I'm not good at it. I don't have the patience that I've, I need to devote to it. Yeah, I've played very very little of them to be honest and rounding out september on the 28th also dragon ball fighter z do we say fighters or fighter z 
I've heard it both ways. I say fighters. I say fighters. Yeah. Okay. So it's coming out on Switch. That is a game that already came out on Xbox One and PS4, I believe. Yeah, and it's awesome. It's one of the better uh, 2D fighting games I've played in a long time. I don't know if I'll get it for Switch just because I've got so much else that I want to pick up and I'm a little loath to prioritize a basically a port a month up you know several months old port over brand new stuff but if i ever do get the time for it i will enjoy it just as much as when i did play it um on xbox one and play uh, ps4 a few times really really good fighting game um and i like dragon ball um it, it really ca- it captures the series very well and the mechanics were great like i said it's one of the better 2d fighters i've played a long time uh moving to october which is uh Apparently just as loaded because I'm seeing a lot on here that's already catching my eye. A lot of really high-end yeah, AAA at, names here. It's kind of nuts. We start off uh, with a game that actually, it's a franchise I really like. But uh, again, it's one of those, it's like a, a sports game where you kind of just got to dedicate to it. And I don't. Um, Forza Horizon 4. I can't believe we're up to 4 on, on Horizon already. Yeah. I know like, the spinoff kind of yeah, series of it. It is a gorgeous game. Yeah. The sound quality in this game is unbelievable. <laughs> uh, there's not a lot to say about it, but when we were at the Xbox briefing, seeing it played on stage with that surround sound was unbelievable. And they showed us each of the four seasons from summer, fall, spring, winter, and the dynamic effects that the weather would have. And I thought it was really, really interesting. So that's a game, if you're into cars, if you're into any sort of racing games, that is as sure a bet as there comes. And this one is more of an open world where the regular forts and motorsport games are more racing. This is racing, but think almost like dirt, yeah. if you will. Uh, it's one of those. I like how Forza's kind of become Microsoft's go-to for tech demonstrations every every E3. Like it when has. they want to show, um, you know, what their hardware is capable of. That's the game they toss out to show, you know, the most minute details and effects that the Xbox whatever version uh, is capable of rendering. That's a flagship franchise that pushes the limits of right. whatever new console is out, and it's the Xbox One X right now, and it is stunning. It is. I know we say that about a lot of games that come out, but it's true, and they raise the bar every year. Also, same day, October 2nd, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. I'm very happy that it's on Switch. Mega Man 11. Yeah. Uh, any thoughts on the Mega... I've never played a Mega Man game. Um, You'll like them. I... Uh, yeah, I think you'll like them. They're they can be very difficult. Um, if you you know you like the two D side scroll and shoot 'em ups, they can be very fun. Boss battles will kick your butt. They are notorious for ruining people's childhood childhoods with how difficult they are. Um, but they uh, Capcom's done a great job revitalizing that franchise. I, I believe it was a few years ago that they uh, not rebooted it, but they revived it and they went back to the the original like eight bit design. Like literally, like it was straight out of the original Nintendo kind of system. And they've done a great job modernizing the mechanics while maintaining that old school kind of look to it. You know, sprites, two D um, perspective. It's a great way to describe it. I think mm-hmm. that was a game we couldn't get close to. Yeah. At E3. Um, yeah. And that's one, you know, for it's been around for so long that it has just a crazy, crazy passionate fan base. really does. And uh, it's good to see a platformer do as well as it is. And to get a new Mega Man is even better uh, instead of just uh, necessarily a remake. Yeah. Which is not bad, but hey. Um, I'm going to go just a touch out of order here. So on October 5th uh, for the Switch, 
Super Mario Party. Wait, are you saying that this is not as no, important? alphabetical. <laughs> I have a reason. I, no, you're right. No, no, no. It, it's Mario Party. The, the other game we're going to talk about on October 5th is far more prestigious. I, I'm being facetious here. Well, Super Mario Party, give us a little bit on that. It, it's, it didn't crack your list. Oh, uh, no. Which, not necessarily that it would, but... Uh, I guess the, the, Mario Party is look it's stupid fun um my fondest memories are playing from the N64 games those were the best of all time Mario Party 2 and you better believe it Mario Party 2 is the best Mario Party ever um unfortunately after eh, like 4 on the GameCube they just started to go downhill uh Nintendo kind of convoluted them they just lost uh they tried to make them more than what they should be, and they kind of forgot about the basics of what made Mario Party fun. I don't know. Maybe this one will finally break the trend, but I, I don't know. It's It felt really quiet. Like, all of a sudden, I looked at the release schedule, and I was like, oh, wait, a new Mario Party's coming out. Yeah, and look, I mean, when you're talking about the Switch, and you've got Octopath, you've got Zelda, Mario Odyssey, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Splatoon 2, Mario Party, uh, Super Mario Party just isn't going to rise above the rest of the pack. So this is a dumb little anecdote, but with Assassin's Creed on October 5th, same day again, we're getting... Uh, Assassin- the far more prestigious game. <laughs> and I, I'm not saying that, but... Oh, I'm saying it. <laughs> these days it is a great selling game, but Assassin's Creed Odyssey, the follow-up to Origins, which was the quote-unquote reboot of the franchise, last year, it was October 27th, we got Mar- uh, Super Mario Odyssey... Yes, I remember I remember where you're going with this now. We got Assassin's Creed Origins. So it's a little bit ironic. We're getting Assassins and Super Mario on the same day again, but Odyssey has switched from Mario to Assassin's Creed. Wouldn't that be hilarious if last year it, they, they were like on the same day? I don't know. Yeah. That would have been a little bit ironic. But Assassin's Creed Odyssey um looks gorgeous. Holy crap. So I'm reserved. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of a long time Assassin's Creed fan. I wouldn't say like a a huge fan, but I'm a little reserved after Origins. Now, or, I feel like I'm the only person in the world who didn't love Origins. Yeah, seriously, I really do. This is your unpopular opinion of 2018. There's your hot take right there. <laughs> so I wrote up the review for it. Again, you can check that out right at our website. I didn't score it as high. It, it's a good game. Definitely not a great game. What did I, you give it? Uh, I want to say I gave it a 7.75. Okay. It was in the sevens. I can't recall. But uh, I don't like how they changed Assassin's Creed. And that seems maybe hypocritical. Because the game did need, or the franchise needed a change. We were getting the same game every year. Yeah. I'm worried that now we're going to get the same game. But this game is a long-ass, drawn-out, RPG-driven game hmm. that... Let's story fall by the wayside in favor of stupid fetch quests. I and I-, I titled my review Grinding in the Sand, I think. Yeah. Because the story I was so excited to learn about was barely there. Yeah. It was the Assassin's Creed Order's beginning. Just like bare bones. It took me 35, 33 hours of story to get to the end. So all main missions. However, towards the later third of the game, side missions were required to level up to get to the main missions. Now, this is typical for a lot of games out there. This is nothing new to gaming. 
it doesn't work in Assassin's Creed. It yeah. just doesn't. It takes away the intensity. It takes away the focus on the story. And your character, so the protagonist in Origins is a pro the whole time. There's no learning curve. That's a little frustrating too because it, it's supposed to be about the development of the order and then essentially it all happens in like the last 20 minutes and they get their logo in a ridiculous way even though I was a fanboy and definitely screamed woo when it happened. I You, you got to play it. Alrighty. But Hey, different strokes for different folks, man. What I like about Odyssey, and I'm really worried that this was a, almost a right-click save as and then drop in a new protagonist. Um, well, first of all, it looks beautiful. I hope it's half as long as the last one. And I like that you get to play as a new protagonist. Now, you get to choose between right. characters, one of which is a female protagonist uh, named Cassandra. She looks really cool and interesting. And that might be enough to drag me back in, and not, not just because she's a female, but because her character in particular feels like a little bit of a breath of fresh air. Right. Almost in a similar way like Ray was with The Force Awakens. Sure. That's kind of how I look at it. There are some different dynamics. The, the problem, too, with the combat is it doesn't work sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be choppy. It can be bulky. And I'm not a fan of it. I like some of the smaller scale Assassin's Creed. Like I liked Assassin's Creed Rogue better, the the remake that that came out this past year. Um, that's my piece on Assassin's Creed. It'll continue to do well. I hope. I I hope it's better than Origins. I I do. That's I don't know. Like I said, I'm in the minority on that one. If you liked it, you'll probably like this one. Moving on, October 9th, uh, WWE 2K19, RIP Bruner. That would have been his game to review. <laughs> um, I, I don't have any interest in that. It's uh, That's not so much for me. And now, Pavlak, despite being a wrestling guy, this is not a game no. that you would uh, have any interest in. No. Um, I haven't played a wrestling game in the longest time, and I have not enjoyed WWE's programming in the longest time I, either. Whenever you see my wrestling coverage for the Geekiverse, it's either for New Japan Pro Wrestling or Ring of Honor, which is not WWE. So that uh, that one may be glossed over this year, unfortunately. Oh, it's but be. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll see. October 12th, an uncharacteristically early release date for the Call of Duty franchise. We get Call of Duty Black Ops 4 on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Yeah, that's like a month early, if not more. I don't know what the logic here was, unless they were trying to get out of the way of Red Dead. Maybe, but even then, isn't Red Dead end of the month in October? It's not even November. It is. It, but, but you just mean in general. Eh. If people are playing Red Dead, I'm thinking they they may not. Maybe these are different audiences, by the way. Uh, right. I mean. But I don't know what the logic was because they're not getting out of the way of Battlefield. Yeah, that one's weird. Battlefield gets out of the way of Call of Duty. Let's be realistic. No matter which franchise you like more, uh, Red Dead is, you know, basically a GTA that's coming out in the middle of the month there. Or towards the end of the month, I should say. Yeah. Anyway, Black Ops 4 abandons its single-player story, and that's okay because Black Ops 3 was terrible with its campaign. Its multiplayer is as strong as ever, and we're getting the Battle Royale mode that is ever-popular in huge gaming franchises like uh, you would see in Fortnite or uh, PUBG. Do you? Does this affect you at all? Does this, what's, what's your opinion on them abandoning that single-player campaign well, based on the way you and adam railed against it, it might have been for the better 
I remember might be. you guys just absolutely tearing that apart. Um, I don't know. You know, I, I I sometimes do lament how single player modes have kind of faded um, from prominence in first person shooters. However, a game like Call of Duty, you know, for me, I for me the best kind of campaign or single player mode in a first person shooter is one where your enemies aren't all human where you fight a variety of different enemies a variety of different set pieces boss battles which have become all but non-existent in first mm-hmm. person shooters so doom comes to mind with that yeah it's a perfect formula almost. yeah or um even wolfenstein Wolfenstein's wolfenstein has yeah. you know a wide variety of enemies that you can fight you know boss like encounters or even um, halo too sure you know? to an extent um, so, I mean, and I'm not, and I, I'll be the first to admit, I'm not very, very savvy with Call of Duty, but I don't think they'd be missing too, too much by dropping the single player. Probably not. And I hate that we got here because this was a rumor for many years that these franchises were going to drop them because the first Titanfall, the first Destiny, yeah. um, even Evolve to a lesser degree, uh, yeah. didn't have campaigns or stories. And the, the first Star Wars Battlefront right. uh, from a few years back didn't have one. So I was hoping that day wouldn't come because to me, I, I like that. Now, I'm not going out and spending $60 on Black Ops 4 to play its single-player campaign. And I'll probably – it's my dad loves Call of Duty, so he's that's his one game of year that he really gets into. Uh, so I might uh, – I might I go on a multiplayer binge with that. It, it's so addictive, even all these years later. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the multiplayer is great. I mean, I'm not a huge Call of Duty guy, but I can tell you it's fun to play the times that I have. If Remember it ain't it? broke, don't fix it. Yeah. I'll never forget the one time at Nickel City Con here in Buffalo. You saw me sitting down playing it on an Xbox. And you're like, what the heck is going on? It's like Pavlok playing Call of Duty on an Xbox. I, I've never thought I'd see this before. I thought I jumped into a different universe. I don't I didn't even know what happened. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, that's that's maybe the biggest game in any any single year not named Red Dead or GTA in terms of sales. On October 16th, just a few days later, another thing to note through all of this, games only used to come out on Tuesdays, except for Nintendo. Right. Now, I'm so happy. Publishers <laughs> have decided to release them on a lot of Fridays. Yes, they realized Nintendo had the right idea to for in certain they cases. They <laughs> did. You get out of work or you get out of school or yeah. you stay home from school, kids. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Though we know a few friends who did that. Oh, yeah. For <laughs> Halo 2, Halo 3. Uh, that is a beautiful thing you get out of work you pick it up you go to best buy on the way home i never understood tuesday releases i don't either why was that a thing i don't understand i i I literally couldn't tell you why i just i never understood it friday seems like the you know the most appropriate day for it more than any other time in gaming history we're getting a lot of friday releases and it is beautiful movies come out on fridays right yeah not blu-rays but actual theatrical releases like it's only a matter of time. Like you said, get out of work, enjoy the weekend playing the game. Yes, that's you put be. aside. That's exactly what I do. I put aside time for these when I can. Um, anyway, October 16th, Lego DC Super Villains. That game looks fun. It does. It's more customizable than I realized. So it's on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, PC. Uh, you get to customize your character, it looks like, and yep. take them through the story. Uh, that is a game that I hope to play. In a, it's not on my list, but it's a game I'd, I'd love to get into. Same. I always try to do the uh, 100% for the Lego games, oh, yeah. and that is grind. Uh, I just... 100%ed Lego Marvel The Avengers and then I did and we're, we're due for a sequel of that by the way because it only goes through Iron Man 3 in the MCU oh, man <laughs> they got a lot of catching up to do they've got a lot to do after that uh, and I played Lego Incredibles because we were sent a copy of that and it was a lot of fun so um, you know 
Lego games are always always. My dad once read an article when Lego Star Wars came out a, like a decade ago that it was described as a snack of a game. It's kind of like a a low key game that you can have fun with in small yeah. doses. You don't have to think too hard while playing it. It's exactly. just, but it's just there's something fun about it. Right. So another thing is I'd love to get a we've only we got Lego Force Awakens. I'd love to get a Lego game that includes Last Jedi, Rogue One, Solo, and whatever Episode Nine ends up being. So I'm I'm sure they're working on something there. But uh, also same day, this major list: uh, Starlink yep. Battle for Atlas, and this was a game revealed last E3, I believe, and was a game that uh, we all kind of oogled over a little bit. So you're excited? Why are you excited about it? Uh, part of it, I think it taps into my love of building stuff. Like when I was a kid, I played with Legos for hours upon hours. I loved, uh, you know, connects, Lincoln logs, um, the Duplo sets, uh, as a kid, uh, I always liked building model airplanes, model ships, model tanks, things like that. So this kind of, um, it, it, it kind of appeals to that side of me, you know, the, like you're building your own NFC, um, item which is going to be the ship in this case but i think even beyond that this this feels like so much more than just like an add-on gimmick like I, I was really impressed by the gameplay that they showed off at e3 this year um i think the game looks great i think the worlds look very very sprawling very very expansive um the different combat you saw certain battles against you know multiple like you know like ground-based enemies you saw dog fights you saw battles against gigantic spaceships um huge boss battles that I thought looked really cool. And I mean, on top of everything else, Star Fox is making a cameo appearance in it. So I know it's I so awesome. I, I really like the reveal of that. I thought they did a great job with that. They brought on uh, Shigeru Miyamoto during Ubisoft's press conference. I thought that was a really cool moment. Um, but I, I think this could be a really, really fun game. And I think it's a lot more than just, you know, a gimmick to sell a bunch of, you know, action figures, which are the ships. I think that there's a lot of meat to this game from what we've seen so far. So this was one I was able to also play uh, at E3 um, that a little bit flew under the radar just in, in comparison to some of the other ha, pun. Uh, yeah bigger names <laughs> out there. I hate myself sometimes. <laughs> but uh, every station had a developer who was working on the game there sitting explaining how you could customize your control. So you have your control and then it snaps on the top like the Lego pieces right. like you were mentioning. And uh, it would customize, here's your weapon, or you can choose this one or you can choose this kind of craft, and so on and so forth. I had the lead developer sitting next to me, a young guy, and what was super awesome, I'll say, for the experience, first and foremost, was how enthusiastic he was about his game, and the, just the genuine smiles as I was going through. Now, it was relatively easy to pick up. Basically, right. you'd have your objective, you'd go get it, and you'd fly around. It felt like a more polished Jedi Starfighter or okay. Clone Wars if you ever played that on PS2. See, I think it kind of feels like a more realized version of No Man's Sky, and especially with like the open world nature of it. I think it just like there's that allure to exploring an entire galaxy at your whim. Obviously there isn't like the first person like on foot um uh mechanics of it that No Man's Sky has, but just that you know that that ability to, you know, explore the universe, go to all these different planets, fight what you want, see the different environments. I think that has a lot of appeal for me. So I agree with that. And when I was asking about the game, certain things I wanted to know like um, they they didn't talk price point right away. It's online now. It's yeah. it's either seventy or eighty dollars for the game because you you're required to get right. uh, a ship with it. He said that there are you so in 
like Disney Infinity, if you remember that, you yep. had to buy certain characters or certain worlds to right, play right. in the game and unlock them. And this was a thing with like Skylanders for years. Yep. It came and went really fast, just like Rock Band and Guitar Hero. Yeah. Um, with this, you're not required to buy anything past the first purchase. And if you want to unlock or purchase ships in the future, you don't have to necessarily buy the toys. Yeah. The hardware. Right. So you can actually download uh, certain ships just fr- from the game, which yeah. I thought was good if you don't want a bunch of toys hanging around your house. Of course. I really liked the game, and I thought it was charming, and the it controlled really tight. Yeah. So I don't know if I can justify 80 bucks, Right. But... It's a game that I wish or I hope is very accessible to people when it comes out. Yeah. And to see how happy and excited they were with the game and its development was a reward all in itself. That's so to support yeah. these people, you know, go yeah. go pick it up if you can October 16th. If not, I would argue that is one of the best <laughs> gifts that you could get for uh, a younger gamer. Sure. No, I like I said, I think it speaks to everyone's... Um, yeah, especially like every little boy or little girl's dream of you know flying among the stars in a big spaceship, and you know, like I said, I loved building stuff as a kid with Legos and model airplanes and stuff like that. And this is like the next, like the next generation of that kind of. It really is, and, and it's uh, also the closest thing we're gonna get to a great Star Fox game probably <laughs> for the longest time. Still, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's uh, we'll, we'll get there. Uh, Soul Calibur 6. Yep. A few days later on October 19th for PS4, Xbox One, PC. One of the biggest fighting franchises out there. Uh, and did this make this made your list? Yeah. Yes. Uh, I'm trying weird. to remember from the edit last night. This was three, I think? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, well, why don't you dive into that? Also with its special uh, guest fighter. Yeah. Garal is going to be in this, and he's just perfect. Um, Soul Calibur, ever since number two on original Xbox, GameCube, and PlayStation, which had um, Hihachi from Tekken, Link on GameCube, and Spawn on Xbox, um, they've brought in guest characters for just about all their games. Um, Kratos was in one on, uh, what do you call it, PSP. You had Ezio from Assassin's Creed in Soul Calibur Five. Four had who do you call it Yoda? Yoda Invader. Yeah, Yoda Invader, and then also Galen uh, Starkiller before he became retconned out of canon. Um, <laughs> but um, I think you're always absolutely perfect for this. He's just going to fit in so well. Um, when Soul Calibur is at its best, it is, I mean, absolutely upper echelon, top of the heap for fighting games. Um, this one, they're adding a new mechanic where you can kind—it's you can kind of reverse an attack while in defense. So I think that's going to change the way um, how aggressive or how defensive people are in playing. And I just love the setting for Soul Calibur. You have this pseudo historical kind of setting warriors from all across the world using different martial weapons um, reminds me a lot of certain animes like Roroni Kenshin, which I've always been a big, big fan of. Um, but I think this will be a real cool, really cool one. And like I said, just, you know, that little cherry on top getting Geralt from Witcher is such a, such a perfect guest character for this. They really crush it with those guest stars. Yeah. They, they, uh, or fighters. And, you know, even when they don't necessarily fit, like, I mean, like Yoda and Vader, they made no sense in that universe, but they, they were just so cool to play as Yoda and Vader in this with a lightsaber fighting against, yeah. you know, a character 
you know, who's basically a samurai or a character who's like a, a monk with a staff. That's why those fighting games are fun, I think. Yeah. Um, you never know who's going to show up. Kind right. of thing. <laughs> Same day, we get Battlefield Five, uh, which will you know have its following. Man, that is a crazy week between yeah. the 16th then and into the 19th. And we know, I feel like, in relative terms, nothing about Battlefield Five. Yeah. Usually by now we've gotten the whole thing. We've gotten what the you know little campaign is going to be there. This one's doing what Battlefield One did with uh, kind of the stories. I'm not a fan of that. I want one cohesive campaign. This will tell you like one mission from this aspect of the war and one mission from this soldier yeah. on another front. Kind of like an anthology. <laughs> yeah, yeah. kind of. So, I mean, that's kind of how that goes. It is what it is. Um, this will not be a, a day one purchase for me, if at gotcha, all. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, big one for Adam Hur. That'll be high on his list. It is on his top five list, uh, so you can check that out. Just a few days later, our biggest game of the year, Just Dance 2019. I'm just kidding. Uh, also, though, an Xbox 360 game. There you go again. And a Wii U game. Oh, God. <laughs> now, what the heck? it lists Wii. I don't think that's accurate. Yeah, it's got to be Wii U. It lists both. Well, you know what? It's, Actually, I'll bet you it is on Wii. It is the biggest selling as, dance, like one of the biggest selling games every year. Yeah. As weird as that sounds, I would not be surprised if they're releasing a Wii version. I'm not either. It's also coming out for Switch. Right. Uh, obviously, but that's kind of interesting. There's still a hundred million, if not more, Wiis out there. And honestly... There's got to be you know, some elderly couple or you know, <laughs> family with a couple kids that haven't bought any other system since that they'll just grab that for you know a random Saturday night to play. It sounds intriguing the more you talk about it. But... Uh, <laughs> The one of the the best parts is that Ubisoft always throws a wonderful Just Dance booth, where they have like audience members and staff members dance to a few stuff. It's always entertaining. They sure as hell put a lot of uh, resources into their trailer this year during their, or like you know their demonstration. Oh press yeah, conference. What a way to kick that off, huh? Yeah. As if there was any doubt. I wonder what this game is. You know, <laughs> October twenty sixth. Arguably the biggest game of the year and uh, likely game of the year uh, contender, Red Dead Redemption 2 on PS4 and Xbox One. Ironically enough, a prequel to the original Red Dead Redemption. Why are we calling it Red Dead Redemption 2? Branding? Yeah, I suppose, yeah. I don't like that. But the game, uh, (laughs) there's not much to say about it. I get why it's a prequel. Hate to, you know, not to spoil the ending for anyone, but... I understand that. But Say la vie. Let's let's call it something else. <laughs> That's a small, small, small pet peeve. This game's gonna be great. Oh, for sure. If there's it, it is there any sure bet on the the list? Um, no, probably not. I mean, the game looks gorgeous. It's gonna be gigantic. I mean, if they if they made Grand Theft Auto Five as big as it was that in game world, I can only imagine how enormous this in-game world's going to be. GTA 5 came out in 2013. It's still going strong. It gets released on every new system, basically. Oh, yeah. Not mm-hmm. Switch. No. Uh, unfortunately. But it could at some it, point. I think it's going to come at some point. Just when it runs out of gas. Yeah, if exactly. Ever. exactly. It's the largest selling, the best selling piece of entertainment ever. Yeah. Meaning games, movies, music. That's saying a lot. And uh, Red Dead to... It's on every gamer's list, I think. The enough said on that. That's it for October. Another loaded month. Another loaded month. November gets a little bit thinner. 
but I, would some, say, I would say considerably, actually. Some big ones, though. So you might not consider this, but I ask that you do. So November 6th, we kick off with Overkill's The Walking Dead. Overkill's the company uh, that's creating the game. They have exclusive rights to The Walking Dead first-person shooter-style games, yeah. where Telltale does the story. Right. Um, interesting that they split those up, but hey, a license is a license. So this comes out PS4, Xbox One, PC. We played it at E3. And it really feels like the spiritual successor to Left 4 Dead. Well, that might be it then. I can't believe how good it was. Might be the only way we're going to get a Left 4 Dead. Seriously. Yeah. It, it, sh- it doesn't look like it should be good. It's been in kind of development hell. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. we talked to the, the developers and they asked us kind of what we thought about it. And I got into the mechanics of it and I said, I, I, I don't mean to be that guy, but it really feels... Like it could just be in the Left 4 Dead franchise. And they all lit, lit up. The one guy looked like he was, he was going to cry. He was so, so <laughs> The greatest compliment he's ever been paid. Yeah. I, I can only imagine, you know, working on a game for years on end, only to have someone come play it for a half hour and, you know, walk away and be like, yeah, I don't like it. Right. You know? So it was really good. You need to play as a team. Right. There was four of us there, uh, total strangers minus Adam. Well, you could argue he's a total stranger. But anyway, we played through. It did not go well in the first one. We didn't communicate. The second go around, they let us play again because we died. So you did. You were that bad. It's it like, felt oh, so God, bad. give these guys another chance. Oh, these guys are embarrassing. We played again, and it went really well. And it's like Left 4 Dead where you've got supplies. You've got to heal each other. You've got different roles within your group. You can use a gun, but if you use a gun, you're alerting all the zombies to your presence. You can use a bet, which, of course, is a lot quieter. You can accidentally hit a car and set an alarm off. Oh, God. There's smoke bombs that the zombies are attracted to. Give this one a chance, too. I, I'll tell you, uh, that, that is a game you're going to want to play, especially if you're missing the, the Left 4 Dead co-op days, which I certainly am. Uh, but Valve's getting back into making games uh, a little bit more, so we might be getting that uh, something like it soon. Uh, November 13th, we're getting Hitman 2, the new iteration of the franchise. Did you play any of the rebooted Hitman? I did not, unfortunately. It was episodic, and I, I heard it wasn't a great value until it came together. Mm. So that is one that will probably wait for me. November 14th, one of the biggest games of the year. Again, uh, almost slipped under the radar because it was just announced, but a juggernaut in its own right, Fallout 76, uh, trying to do on a uh, probably a bigger scale what... Uh, Elder Scrolls Online is doing, Mm -hmm. connecting the world of Fallout players, but you can play alone if you want. That's fine. People are freaking out about having to play online. You don't have to play online. You can play your typical Fallout game. I still Fallout 4 on my shelf unplayed. I was looking back a few years ago at our our anticipated list, and Fallout 4 was on there. I still have yet to play. I'm really sorry. (laughs) It's Fallout and Witcher. Those are my last two. Anyway, um, does the, the online shared world... Does it bother you at all? It, it would bother me if it was more, uh, 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 like, uh, more uh, not oppressive is the word, but more prominent in it. I guess is what I'm saying because, like you said, you can play offline single player as much as you want. I think I was a little concerned when they first announced that because my first thought was that you couldn't play offline, you couldn't play single player. Like the only way to really experience the full game was to go online and to get you know whatever updates there are, whatever. Um, interactions and changes are happening to the in-game world based on other players, but it doesn't sound like that's mandatory. No. 
and I think they knew that coming in right. that that would be a gripe. Yeah, I, I'll I, I would have to see it firsthand to really say for certain, but it doesn't sound like this is going to be uh, intrusive. That was the word I was looking intrusive for. Intrusive is a good word for it. That's it's it. not intrusive. It's, it's not, not mandatory. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I think if you like Fallout, go play this. Yeah, I no, know. I was very impressed by the by what they showed then at E3. I thought the trailer was really cool. I thought the in-game mechanics looked really cool. Um, a lot of a lot of like um, kind of like building up your own kind of fort, your own base. A lot of customization, which is natural for um, Fallout, but it seems like this one's just kind of adding more layers to the already deep mechanics that they got there. I thought it was interesting that they debuted this trailer during Microsoft's press conference because yeah. it felt like something dropped out of Microsoft and they were like, uh, we need like a three-minute placeholder. <laughs> Todd Howard, what do you think? What do you think? So he, that was pretty cool. But uh, that'll be another big game this fall. Darksiders 3, long awaited, coming at the end of the month, November 27th on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. I've not played that franchise at all, but you can play those games now on your current-gen systems as yep. they've remastered them. Those are fun games. Very, very, very underrated action adventures. Like a lot of fun. Yeah. I've got one of them. I, I want to say I have Darksiders 2 from Games with Gold. Super, super fast-paced. Uh, some people describe them as like a more mature, darker Zelda, and they kind of have <laughs> that vibe. Um, but for the most part, great action. Um, some dungeon crawling. It's 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 a like I said, very underrated franchise. I w- I wish it had gotten more attention. Speaking of underrated past. franchises, I would say too the next game on the list fits that criteria a bit. If we jump into December, December fourth, almost done. Just Cause four. Um, so we just got Just Cause three year and a half ago, and critically well well received. This one looks like it's a blast too. Basically, imagine a Far Cry game with just the most ridiculous stunts you can see in any video game ever. Is and it I just me, or do, like, does it seem weird that, that we're already up to Just Cause 4? Like, I remember vividly when the first one was on its way out. Like, it does a big not, hiatus, I yeah, think. Yeah, it, it, maybe that's what it is. Like, it does not feel like we should already be at 4. Yeah, they... Uh, uh, well, I, I hope this one does well. I, I It's funny, the, the last one came out in December as well. So, uh, Garvey reviewed that. He loved that game. Yeah, they are bonkers. I do I do like the just over-the-top self-awareness of them. Oh, yeah, it, that's a huge thing in these games. It's a lot like Dead Rising, how they right. kind of got goofy and realized it. Yeah, um, exactly. Just be as outrageous as possible. December 7th, concluding with uh, another massive title for the gaming industry, exclusive to the Nintendo Switch, and I'll let Pavlok jump into well, this. Well, I would event. hope it would be exclusive uh, to Nintendo Switch. Oh, God. If this, if this loses exclusivity. It's it's dead. <laughs> it's dead. Uh, going to Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, and this was a game that you predicted that would be a brand new game. Not just a port. Not just not a port. Not just a remaster. Not just a remaster. I predicted it was going to be uh, the version... To the Smash Brothers, what Mario Kart 8 Deluxe was to Mario Kart. Right. I was wrong. I'm happy I'm <laughs> wrong. Uh, but this would be my first Smash Brothers game, jumping on a Nintendo system of my own. What can we expect? There's a lot of characters yeah. in this promo. They've already said that there's going to be... Si- we've already confirmed 65 because they have brought back every single fighter 
from the different Smash Brothers games over the years. They've also added now the Inkling from Splatoon and Ridley from Metroid, who fans have been begging and screaming and pleading for for years. Um, I don't think they're done announcing new characters. I think that there are more on the way. Um, at E3, longtime Nintendo translator Bill Trinan said that they had a lot more to reveal over the coming months before this release. And um, you talk about just bad timing. We're recording this on August 6th. When we're releasing this on August 8th is the same day that Nintendo is hosting a Nintendo Direct all about Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, <laughs> where I'm sure they're going to be releasing all kinds of new information. So as you're listening to this, that information is probably out, but unfortunately I can't talk about it because I'm in the past right now. Um, <laughs> Go to different multiverses. Yeah. What, um, when, when is that Direct for our time? Is that in the morning? It's early, yeah. Okay. Um, I wanted to say it's like 6 or 7 Pacific time. Because Nintendo's headquarters in America is based in Seattle, so they're three hours behind us always. We being in Buffalo, New York, Eastern Standard Time Zone. So this podcast will come out probably 7 a.m. Uh, no, not quite, but maybe a few hours after that. So it's going to coincide right with that. Yeah, we might, we might be very, very close, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, if something is absolutely off the wall there, you'll, I'm, I'm sure we'll get you some updates on the Geekiverse website. Yeah, that's I, for sure. I, like, I, I've said this in jest you know, kind of like just like with hyperbole, but there is some sincerity to it. I don't know how Super Smash Brothers tops itself after this game. You're talking about a fighting, uh, any fighting game with 65 characters or more is nuts. But on top of the dozens upon dozens of levels this is going to have, going to have a bustling online community. They're going to have so many different game modes and collectibles. This is just going to be jam-packed with content. I don't know how you do a satisfying sequel to this game. This feels like the just definitive Super Smash Brothers game. Yeah, where do you go from here? Exactly. I, I mean, like, this is going to be played for years upon years on end. This competitive community is never going to need updates or DLC, I feel like. When all is said and done... What will you have logged more hours in? Mario Kart 8 Deluxe or this? That's a very, very good question. I've got 160 hours on Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. <laughs> and that, keep in mind, that's just the Switch version. I played at least 150 hours on the Wii U version. Oh my gosh. I really don't know because, and it's funny because as much as I've put into Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, I still get the itch to play it every so often. Like every you know weekend or so, I'll just play for a couple races. And keep in mind also that 160 hours doesn't include what I've played at friends' houses. You know, yeah. I've come here and we've played, I don't know, man, Super Smash Brothers, especially because I'm not, I'm not a high, like, I don't play in the competitive community. I don't play in tournaments or anything like that. I'm no pro at it. But I do like the competitive aspect to it. I like playing online with, you know, no items, no wacky levels, just like a normal fighting game. Um, so I guess it'll depend on how good I am at it and how seriously I take the competitive um, format of it <laughs> it could be I, mean, I could I, I definitely put in something like 300 350 for brawl on the Wii I uh, I, I, love Smash I look Brothers, forward man. to seeing those totals in a, in a few years oh, here yeah I know, we'll it'll be interesting talk about it on a future G3 here but uh yeah I that was uh, one of my New Year's resolutions here for the the Kikiverse is to, to beat Pavlock and Mario Kart and I don't think we've played this year oh we've definitely played this year. this calendar year I don't think we have yeah we definitely have you just haven't beat me at a grand. Prix I don't think yet. we've gotten it. Yeah, and not that I am saying that would have helped, but like we played a lot last summer, um, and I got it for Christmas. And I don't think we've played it. You so during the the anniversary party, you yeah, played. It, I was what, here though. That's what I'm thinking of. Yes, we have played here. You weren't involved though. Unfortunately. Yeah, I was. Uh, <laughs> I was behind the mic. Right. So 
That, that's we got to do that before the end of the year. We'll, we've got a few months left here. We'll find time in between all these other busy releases that we talked about here. We recently on the Geekiverse Facebook page posed the question to our fans: If you lived on a desert island, I'm paraphrasing this. What one game would you take with you for the rest of your life? I said Mario Kart 8 Deluxe because even though I've put well over 300 hours into the game, no, regardless of the version, it doesn't get old for me. I will still pick it up and play it for hours on end. I love just it just as much as. I will uh, pick it up from time to time, play it myself too. Um, it's just fun. It's all there is to it. Man, if I don't get first place, I'm not happy. If I get <laughs> hit by that blue shell at the end, you better believe I'm screaming <laughs> and stomping on the ground. <laughs> I, take my, up, I take Mario Kart way too seriously. It, it gets ugly. Yeah, I, I definitely <laughs> heard you yelling from downstairs. I, I don't know if it just was one race or what, but something wasn't going well. <laughs> no, well yeah, I was I, like, oh, Pavlok's mad. But he turns into the Hulk, really. It's it's quite humorous. Um yeah, I, I love it. You know what I would love is a, a Crash Team Racing, either a remake, uh, kind of how we got with the Insane Trilogy, or just a brand new Crash Team Racing for PS4. Uh, you know, make it happen. Please, Vicarious Visions, you guys are great. So, I think we got through. It's a busy couple months, and honestly, I don't think I expected, like, I don't think I realized how stacked the rest of the year was for games until we started looking through this list a couple days ago. And it, it gets overwhelming at times. And I only, you know, maybe a few weeks ago when I was scheduling out things, I was scheduling this show and I looked at our calendar, I was filling up everything and I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, it, and, and it's no surprise that this is a busy time of year, but you always feel like there's going to be a year where it falls off. Right. Not this year. No, it, it's, it always hits me in July. Just as crazy as it's ever been. And that's when I whittle down my list and I'm like, all right, here's my budget. Which five games can I afford? So this is almost like therapy for myself. I'm like, here are the games that I want the most. And, and then I go get them. And not so much the the financial aspect of the budget, the time aspect of the budget. Maybe what more so. What games will I have the time to you know play in full and get the most out of? That's the thing. So you notice I, you know, Red Dead's not on my list because I'll play it, but it's a huge game. I can't yeah. devote... I can either play that or I can play two or three other games. Right. And unfortunately, in the industry, we're in this kind of where it's at. And just as a hobby in general. Uh, so, that was about 90 minutes. Uh, that's a lot, of, a lot of video games. It's one of my favorite episodes every year. I always love the E3 stuff and I love this. We'll, uh, we'll wrap things up here shortly, but we want to hear from you. So, be sure if you listen to this, go to... Our, Excuse me. Go to our Facebook or Twitter on social media. We want to hear what are your five most anticipated games. What are you looking forward to? Uh, what are you going to be playing? What can you afford? Whatever. We want to have a conversation. So get in that conversation. Go to our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, Josh Strait, our new social media coordinator, has been doing a wonderful job in uh, keeping that community active. So you'll be uh, conversing with him. But, uh, Mr. Pavlak, what... Can you plug for thegeekiverse.com and where can people find you on Twitter to talk to you about these video games? You can find me on Twitter at Jeffrey Pavs. Also, you can find me on Instagram, Jeff Pavlock, although we're not going to talk about video games too much on there. Um, we have a sort of like not a review, but a collaborative impressions article coming for Octopath Traveler this week. Myself, Andrew Garvey, and Tom Cobert, all of the Geekiverse, are going to get together to describe our unique paths taken through that game. It's a wonderful RPG. Absolutely great throwback to those um, old-school Japanese RPGs from like the Super Nintendo era. 
It is exclusively on the Switch. I am enjoying it immensely. I know our other two crew members who are contributing to the article are. So we're going to tell you what we've liked, what we haven't liked, and you know what kind of what path we've taken through there, what characters we've recruited, because um, it's a very non-linear game. So we're going to tell you, you know, what unique routes we're taking through this story and the world. And then, uh, oh, well, hey, more Voltron. <laughs> season seven comes out this friday holy moly i can't keep up a little bit bittersweet though this is the second to last season they announced at san diego comic-con that season eight will re- release next year 2019 and that will be it they do such a good job pumping those out we i know seriously right and this is a 13 episode season that's not this even is a that full small. season <laughs> that's amazing and they, these bites i say bite size but it's really not and and they they move so fast they feel like just yesterday Pavlok was like, hey, I want to review this new series. Uh, it's on Netflix. It's Voltron. I'm like, yeah, go for it. And sure enough, here we are. Two years later. I, I can't. I'm like seven, really? I'm losing yeah. track. But hey, that's awesome. Yep. So I'll have it's a popular, review for that uh, shortly after it launches on Netflix. Awesome stuff. Uh, I am at Josiah D. Leroy on Twitter. You can find me there talking about video games, movies, anything Star Wars, and probably a lot of Buffalo Sabres here in the coming months. Uh, it's an exciting time, again, to be a Sabres fan. Not so much a Bills fan this year, but uh, that's okay. You know, Broke the drought. That's all that matters <laughs> at this point. Uh, so to tease this week, I will have uh, my Overcooked 2 review. The embargo lifts on that shortly. So uh, this chef has got a lot to say about that game. And then um, I'll have something on We Happy Few. I don't know if I will be able to, unfortunately, get out uh, the preview that I wanted on that. Uh, I may just have allocated my time poorly and have to write the review when that comes out, uh, but only a few days away from that. I'm very excited to get my hands on that. And then uh, the following week, I'll have my review for Walking Dead uh, Episode 1 for Clementine's final run at it here. Um, th- those Telltale games are, I don't know if it's just nostalgic, but even just being a few years old, Lauren and I sat and just kind of played through that whole first season together. And same with Wolf Among Us. You know, those games, it's fun when you play with someone and you kind of get invested in that story. You just pay attention more. It's like when you watch a, like a Game of Thrones or name your favorite TV show with a friend. That's kind of how it was for us. So that'll be that. Uh, for the Geekiverse, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as our online store at thegeekiverse.storeenv.com to purchase all the latest in our t-shirts, including our limited edition fourth anniversary t-shirt that is modeled after the Fantastic Four franchise. So uh, go pick that up. Support us there. Patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Uh, that is how you can support the Geekiverse from a monetary standpoint. We appreciate it if you'd consider. Go over. There are different subscriptions, four different levels of support. $1, $5, $10, and $25 a month. Uh, we'd appreciate anything if you are able to spare it. There are exclusive perks at each level that you can unlock by making that subscription in addition, we have recently started the Geek, uh, the Geekiverse Weekly Vlog. You get it two weeks early if you're a $5 and up subscriber. I might be the only one who thinks they're funny because I watch videos of myself and I laugh like an idiot. But uh, last week we, uh, we had the episode where we meet Josh Strait, our social media coordinator. You can check us out playing some ridiculous hockey there. Um, and a few weeks before, I played Polish, which is a, a company that made a game called Bottle Bash. And that uh, we played on Sunset Beach. It's a really fun Frisbee game. You can see some slow-mo videos of us playing that. It's me, Jamie, and Tom uh, from the Geekiverse. As well as my mom, actually, who made uh, that video, too, her first time. It's kind of funny. 
But uh, again, that's patreon.com slash the Geekiverse. Why do you want to go to patreon.com slash the Geekiverse, Pavlok? Because it keeps the lights on. And you can't see anything in the dark, folks. So please help us out there. We'd really appreciate it. For Jeff, actually, one last thing I want to tease. Um, we have no spoiler cast coming up for a while, it looks like. Probably till October. All right. Uh, we'll have our monthly walking carpet in August. I will not be around for that. I will have my hands full. Literally, uh, Robbie Palmer from... Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Robbie Palmer from the Nerdy Nomicon will be a co- special guest hosting that for me. I'm very excited about that. Uh, he is a wonderful guy, has a very entertaining podcast. Go check out the Nerdy Nomicon on iTunes. Give them a five-star review while you're at it. He'll be standing in for me, and then uh, I'm not sure... Uh, what my schedule looks like for the next Geek Scott game in a month, but uh, I hope to be back for that one. I think you will be. I think I'll be back. Yeah. I think we'll be good. So we'll talk about uh, a, a number of things. <sighs> in the middle of a busy, busy season. Now I'm ready to sign off. Very for good. Jeff, for Josiah, thank you very much for spending the last hour and a half with us. We appreciate you. Have a good night.